Mike check one, two, and two. You are now in the building with Coach K, and this is the Hustlers Journal Podcast, live on Anchor. Mike check one, two, and two. Ladies and gentlemen, you're now in the building with your boy, Coach K. This is the Hustlers Journal, special episode uh, supporting mental health, Bell Let's Talk Day 2020, uh, supporting mental health awareness. I'm doing this live from my gym facility uh, in, at the Fitness Loft, 2001 Boulevard des Sources in Point Claire. Um, sorry if the no noise, the sound sounds a bit distorted. I'm trying to talk over other speakers that are going on in the gym. <coughs> not mentioning any names, but we're not going to get into a personal battle right now about those things. Um, sitting at the table with me right now, my wife actually just gave me a good suggestion called White Table Talk. We have Red Table Talk, Purple Couch, White Table Talk is going to be tonight. Um, so we're going to be discussing topics regarding mental health. So what are some common issues, some challenges, obstacles? Obviously, it's something that is a major, major problem, a major issue among uh, so many Canadians and people worldwide. I'm just going to pull up some stats here that I found from Bell. Again, this is an initiative supported by Bell. Uh, Bell Let's Talk, they've been doing this now for 10 years? Thank you, Amy. <laughs> they've been doing it now for 10 years and been growing in number, I believe, by the time they're done. I think they've already raised $5 million so far today. Um, but they were, I was, I was told today by Sam not to hashtag Bell Let's Talk Day. It's supposed to be just Bell Let's Talk, right? Okay. So if you're listening out there, make sure you hashtag Bell Let's Talk. Even after the event is done, you can still be part of the initiative because it's going to be a great way to support um, what's happening here all around the world, across the country. Uh, we just had an amazing boot camp class. It was about an hour, just under an hour. I think about 28, 29 people. 29 people, I think? I wish about that, okay. Stacey was our resident counter. Counted all the money up as well. Um, so 29 or 28, 29 people. Some people came in spirit. They already donated. They wanted to contribute to that as well, which was awesome. So uh, just a couple of bit of stats that result in um, what Bell is, is uh, covering here. So they operate based on four pillars, which is anti-stigma, care and access, research, and workplace health. Um, and some of the faces that you might see in some of the advertisements they have out there are people that you would never suspect might be suffering. There might be people at our table right now who have gone through ups and downs in their lives, in their lives as a result of mental health or any sort of situation they might be experiencing, whether it be uh, stress, postpartum depression, um, anxiety, uh, other situations, we might have known someone who has gone through that. Uh, I know people who have gone to my school who actually uh, committed suicide, which is kind of sad. Not kind of sad, it is very sad. Um, I don't know of anyone as of late, thankfully, uh, but there were people that I saw and I never thought they had a problem, and they end up having an issue. So it shows that conversations need to be had because the more we can have conversations with people, the more we'll know what might be affecting someone. Um, so. There's a part that we can play and the part that um, others can play. And definitely doing these initiatives in different ways that we can help. Uh, so we definitely want to um, educate ourselves on mental health as best as possible. So uh, some of the ways that, that Bell mentioned that we can help. So five ways you can help uh, through your language. Okay, so a person with schizophrenia or a person with mental illness, you don't want to say they're schizo or crazy. That's a big deal. Okay, because words do matter. Words can hurt, so we want to be careful what we say. As well, we all want to educate ourselves, because there are a lot of stigmas around it, and we're going to cover that in detail a bit. I swear she turned the volume up. But that's okay. That's very annoying, but it's okay. I'm not going to, we're not going to bring that energy today, because it's for a good cause. Um, and a key is also to be kind. Okay? When you don't understand somebody, sometimes you end up being afraid of how they're going to react or respond to what you say. Um, but if we could just be kind to everybody, Something as simple as, as uh, just offering someone a suggestion or um, a compliment, some sort of kindness that can always work. I know that I've had that challenge with some of my clients. <clears throat> Giving them compliments and they're like, oh, nah, I'm not saying any names, I'm not saying any names, I'm just saying. I say, I do my wife too, and she goes, oh, you know. Thank you very much, Vanna White, for tonight. Appreciate that. Okay, and listen and ask. So some examples of what to ask. I'm sorry you aren't feeling well. I've noticed you seem down lately. Is everything okay? And how can I help? Biggest question we can ask. Okay, how can we how can we help a person out? Even if they just need to cry it out, 
be there to support them and encourage them because again the more we can be encouraging to one another uh, the more that we are well we are more well supported uh, the better it's going to be for everybody so everyone has their own experience again if you're free to share your experience if you'd like to I'll, I'll bring the mic up and we can get that done but if you don't want to it's okay um, you can speak to me about it in private and um, definitely we can talk about it and discuss it a bit more because again it is uh, something that we can talk about more in detail I was just trying to find these stats. I had these stats pulled up. I should have saved them. Anyway, some of the foundations that, that support this, Canadian Mental Health Association, Canadian Red Cross, Foundry, Jack.org, which is where all the funds are going to be donated tonight uh, for tonight's uh, event. It was a great turnout. Um, States told me that the envelope was full. It's kind of heavy. I put it in my bag. I promised not to steal it. It's going to go into my account and go straight. Sam, I'm going to take a screenshot of the uh, receipt so everyone sees what it is. Uh, Kids Health Phone. Uh, Revive, which I believe is uh, French, and then St. John's Ambulance um, also covers that, Strong Families Institute, and there are other organizations that are part of it as well. And then, of course, it offers suggestions as to how you can get help. So for kids and teens, there's Kids Help Phone, different ways you can ask for help, Canadian Mental Health Association. Uh, so these are things that we don't want to be afraid of because, again, we may have somebody in our family that's suffering. We may have people in our lives, our friends, coworkers, clients that might be suffering. So any way that we can encourage them, the better with that. So what are some challenges that do come with uh, mental health? So I'll leave the question to you ladies, as you guys are here. And feel free to answer and I'll just repeat it back into the microphone. So what are some challenges that maybe may come with the stigma of mental health, especially trying to understand people? Judgment is one. What else? Fear is another one. Oh, you're speaking today. I like that, Sammy. She's like, I'm not going to talk. <laughs> Judgment fear, uh, often fear of being judged, okay? So it goes hand in hand with that. Um, some people are afraid of uh, assuming something wrong, so they don't want to speak up, they don't want to guess. There have been several commercials in regards to um, a person being missing from work, for example, and you wonder, you know, a person will assume, oh man, they're always off again, not really thinking, oh, there might be a problem, okay? And it's a common, common problem that we have uh, amongst people just on a regular basis. We just think, you know, people got issues, they got problems. So what's the big deal? Why can't they just come to work? Why can't they come to school? Blah, blah, blah. We don't know that it ends up being a serious thing. And to speak, actually, an experience that I know of that, um, one person who did commit suicide, a girl who was in my high school, she was absent from school for a period of time, and people would ask her sister, what happened to your sister? Why is she not here? She's missing this, blah, blah, blah. She didn't know how to respond. And she actually went home that day, and she was hanging in the closet. So conversation wasn't had. So the more that we can, again, be aware of somebody and just be empathetic and be kind and kind of find things out, the better it's going to be for everybody and we're going to, we can kill that stigma altogether. Um, so there is some discomfort that comes with speaking about it, but the more we can open up and talk about it and address our fears that we might have, that's always going to be a good thing to do. Okay? So I mentioned some places where we can find help. You can always find help amongst your friends, your family members. Okay? Where else can we also find help? when we're dealing with uh, personal issues. It's true. You can't... It's a very good point. You can't always find help with your family. It's very true. It's very true. Um, and that can end up being a difficulty because you, want to, you trust the people who are in your family, you trust the people who are closest to you, but sometimes it's hard to address those things uh, with family members. Again, fear, judgment, stuff like that. No, it's okay. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's in all those, yeah. For better for worse. Very good. Very good. And again, just to piggyback on what you're saying. Um, there's mental health and mental illness, so the health part of it is getting the help that might be needed, making sure you keep yourself in check. If you do need to kind of pause and take a break from life for a moment just to kind of reset yourself, reset your thoughts, that's a way of maintaining your mental health. Um, but the illness could be that you do have something some, like a person with schizophrenia, a person with um, uh, depression, PTSD, things like this. So we don't want to treat it as, ah, that person's making it up because we don't understand. 
okay? We want to make sure that we can uh, speak it about as much as we can. We're at a point. Please speak. Go on, go on. Talk up. So ashamed yeah. when I'm going through, and some people out there want to help. I could I could tell that they see some signs, but for me, I just feel like it's people have their own burdens. They have their own things. Right. They don't want to burden anybody. Right. I feel like this is my problem to figure out. Right. And people just think I'm so. Um, sorry, my English. You guys. That's okay. It's good. Listen, if you need to drop it in French, go ahead. It's okay. I just feel like sometimes. other different health um, mental health issues and when you were asking like for 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 um, sorry but like where we could go to get help I know personally for um, like I've been struggling with an eating disorder and I know like certain he's um, organic so if you guys would want to know like I know there where to reach out if you guys would want to a group that like if you guys would need any help I would love to share that with you but um, yeah so I just feel like people need an outlet, and whatever that is, and professionally I'm a nurse, and I found that out fairly quickly, and I'm just so happy that it was brought to my attention that I had this lady that was going in for surgery, and everybody was like, your lady's freaking out, like she needs medication to calm down, and so I knew something was off, like you're not that nervous to need that much medication, and it turns out that everybody was going like, oh, you're patient, you're patient. Turns out that she wasn't worried about the surgery. She was worried because nobody was there to feed her dog at home. But if you don't know, you just need somebody to talk to. And it wasn't even me that time, the nurse. It was the cleaning lady. So as long as you have somebody to talk to or an outlet, so whether it's eating disorders, anxiety, I've had some of my best friends, amazing guys, who had a porn addiction. And he just had to keep it all in because, like, you have to be perfect and it's not well seen and he's been in a relationship and he just needed an outlet like somewhere to be able to speak and not feel judged and even though you feel so sorry and you feel so ashamed so i don't even know where i started well, with this <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna ask like pardon my ignorance but like when you were asking where can we go to reach out or to get help i don't know what came to my mind right away was like I mean, I know not everyone has a personal doctor, but like, yes. even at like a, a clinic, can you walk into a walking clinic and say yeah. what you're sur- struggling of with? Of course is, you can. Of course. You know, because at the end of the day, even if you don't have friends or family that you can turn to, because a lot of people don't, I mean, our healthcare system is here, like, for everyone, you know, and I don't struggle with it, so I can't say how hard or how easy it would be to walk into a clinic and be like, I'm not here because I have a cold or because I have a pain. Yeah because I'm not feeling good about myself and I need to talk to somebody. Yeah. But um, good. that was going to be my answer. My yeah, yeah, go ahead. This is great. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, we complain a lot about our health care system in Quebec and uh, I can tell from experience that when we need the help, it's there. So there's all kinds of support systems that I didn't even know existed until my family to the clinic, got plugged in, and all of a sudden everything starts falling out. So I found it extremely reassuring because all you hear in the media is about the cuts and there's not enough doctors and there's not enough nurses and the, it's not there and waiting times and you go to the emergency and you wait for 18 hours. And, but the moment there's a serious problem and they see that triage and they see it, you get plugged right into the system. And no Like it's kind of a blessing in disguise. If you don't know about it, you don't need to know about it. But the moment that you need it, it's 
I have, sorry guys. So, well, I've worked for the CLSC, so I work for, I work for the public system. I'm an OT, by the way, oh. ergo. Oh, yeah. But it's, um, we, so it's so difficult for like when we have mental health, because I do home care, and when we have mental health clients, which we often do, they, we, we have to refer them from the home care system to the mental health system, and the wait lists, the, the, the wait lists are, are, are very, very long, so it's hard, and they don't want to take our clients. So I find it's not, like it's, the public system's not great as always. And then another issue, um, the person, I think if the person, because I had a brother, he's, he's gone, died, but I mean, he, he suffered, he suffered, and our own family didn't understand him. Like, oh, I had to sit and, and explain to my sister like why she has to give my brother some slack like it was it was difficult like she she didn't get it she really didn't get it and I had to say well if he had Parkinson's or if he had this or that then you'd get it but he has mental health issues and how many times I had to explain to to my sister anyway about my brother um and he wanted help but he couldn't admit that he wanted help so if I go to I went to like um Jewish um the Jewish um what was it called um it's uh, the family psychiatry not OMETS it's affiliated with the Jewish general anyway it's like it's like the center for psychiatry for family and child psychiatry and we went with him so many times but if he doesn't if he can't say I want help it can't be helped mm -hmm. and I said I'll pay I, I paid I gave money to him to go see private people to get some help so he started a little bit and then you know he just he, he couldn't he just couldn't continue mm -hmm. so I know that and there's Ami there's Ami Quebec so we've been there there's so much there, there is help out there but I think the start is that the person has to say I want, I want help it's like addiction it yeah. has to come from exactly this is awesome, man. Very good. Thank you so much for, for sharing those points. So, definitely the more that we know that there are resources available to us locally, uh, I mean, anyone that we can find we can speak to uh, is great. But of course, again, it starts with the person as, as all the comments were made, as mentioned. Um, and it shows that there's been a jump. I just found some stats here. Um, a recent survey conducted by Business Consumer Insights 2019 84% of Canadians now say they're comfortable speaking with others about mental health. In 2012, 42%. So below 50, about eight years ago, and now 84%. It's probably growing even more because initiatives like this and conversations like this definitely do help to spread awareness uh, for sure because the more that we know where we can find uh, available resources to help each other out, and again, when people don't understand, it gets frustrating. They don't get, why is this person like this? I don't really know, I don't understand. The person themselves don't really understand. So we have to be also be aware, be aware of that. Go ahead, um, I was just gonna say, sometimes the person feels like it's hard to talk about it or it's hard to communicate it because you don't fully understand yourself. Right. So it's hard for somebody else to understand. So we also need to acknowledge that, like we, don't completely understand ourselves and sometimes we're rambling and we're going from A to Z and then it seems like it's so not well communicated and then all of a sudden somebody says no thank you for telling me and thank you for sharing this and it makes sense so I think we also need to be gentle with ourselves and be gentle with other people too because of course they can't understand and that's okay because like they weren't brought up by the same two people we were, they don't have the same background we have, they don't necessarily work at the same place, same environment, so I don't know if this makes any sense for what I'm saying, but I mean, so, so yeah, so I was just saying, sometimes it's hard to, because like, I don't fully understand what I'm going through sometimes, and I'm telling people, I'm like, oh, but how could, how could he understand, like, like so, yeah. Um, I think for me also, is, is it's coming from like a how how serious it is or like how how bad is mine compared to somebody else like someone else is going through something so much worse than how can i put myself at that same level so you you you, you like back you take it back yeah. you're like no i i'm i'm okay when i think of it as someone else suffering from something you're like oh 
that's not to my extent, so I don't I don't suffer the same way. Right? right? You so you're not hiding it, but you're not you're minimizing. You're minimizing, minimizing it. You're minimizing not letting it be yeah. real. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. there's so many other people who are suffering so much worse than you. For sure. So you kind of take right? Yeah, it's like comparing like okay, you have a cold and a person has pneumonia and you go like, Yeah, but you know the person has pneumonia, so I have this cold, I'm just gonna whatever. The cold can turn into pneumonia. So we have to be careful as to how we treat ourselves when it comes to that. I really appreciate you guys filling. Caroline, if you have anything you want to share, please feel free. I know you're sitting there listening to your cold. You, Jackie, it's kind of cold. It's freezing. She's like, I just need to work out sweat. I'm just trying to catch my breath. That's cool. Um, so one question. What does a person who's suffering from mental illness look like? That's a very good question. Like, like the same as every other person. Yeah. <laughs> you never, you don't know what's going on in their head or what's going on in their heart or what they're thinking about. You know, like I have friends of mine that have issues, and you look at them, and we still go out every Thursday night and go for a glass of prosecco and a steak and call it a day, and no one can tell anything else. But then, you know, the next day they're, you know, crying on the phone, and you have to just listen. You have to be there. You can't exactly. You can't just miss it. You can't just walk away from it. If you don't help or offer to help or let them cry it out or let them scream and do whatever they need to do to get it out of their system, nothing's ever going to change. They're not going to ever get it out of their system. They're going to bottle it up, and then you don't know what's going to happen next. The first person that I ever met in my life who I found out was depressed. You know, you hear about depression, depression. I mean, this is some years ago. I didn't know anybody with depression. And the first person I found out had depression was like the happiest person I have ever met. I thought to myself, when they told me she had depression, I was like, what? What's that possible? Like, this is the happiest person I've ever met in my life. Like, she was like, like, Energizer Bunny, 100%, smiling all the time, always happy. And so... It, it helped me to realize that actually it's the people who who look the strongest mm-hmm. or who um, always seem to be the happiest, the go, 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 powering everybody else up, like Energizer Bunnies type that, I mean, it's, I'm not like suspicious of everybody who's happy, but I'm like, you know, don't be surprised if uh-huh. if you even on a day where they look normal, they're acting normal, they're, they're super hyped, just let them know, you can let them know as well, like, you know what, if any day you don't feel well, you can let me know. Like, not just because you're always smiling means everything's okay. And if something's not okay one day, I'm, I'm here to listen if you want to tell me, you know? Because often we think the people who look sad, well, in my experience, I would think, oh, if you look sad, maybe you're depressed. But if you look normal, you know? And recently, like, for example, somebody in my family, they're, like, super, like, um, hyper. Whenever you see them, I, like, manic. Like, everybody loves him. He's the... Life of the party, everybody loves him. And then two weeks, you just don't see him. He just disappears. You're like, where did he go? So, so like, now it's really, have you know, the people who I before would have said, ah, they're fine. Now I'm like, if you're not okay one day, just let me know, okay? You look good. You look happy. But if you're not feeling it, I'm here for you. Just in case. That's a good point. That's a great point to make. It's okay to say you're not okay. We see these like posts on Google and memes and stuff all the time. It's okay to say you're not okay. If you're not okay today, it's fine to say, you know what, I'm not really having a good day. Because the more you ball things up, it just doesn't make things any better. Case in point, I, have an, I, have a, I had a client this morning, and uh, her biggest, she has a big fear. She fears getting sick. And I said to her, you know how you get sick? You stress too much. And she's like, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And she tries to bottle things and bottle things and bottle things and I can just read it in her face and I saw her expression and I saw I said just be yourself be honest you know and I can see from there she kind of like went from this like drill drill to kind of slow down slow down slow down because you have to be honest with yourself and say you know what if I'm not feeling good it's okay to say you're not you know you don't have to be a superstar for everybody I have great days and I have not so great days and I think I've improved from when I first met Brianna, like, a lot. Um, but I still have moments where I'm like, sitting in the dark going, man, and I have anxiety, and I sit there and I go, ah. 
I get a pain in my shoulder and my neck, and I'm like, ah, I can't figure out. Try shaking. It just stays there, and then it goes away. And you think, okay, it's gone today, but it's going to go, come back some other time. So you have to do all you can to prevent that from happening, but sometimes you can't prevent it because it comes in all shapes and forms, right? It even comes sometimes to people. So, again, um, we don't know what a person suffering from mental illness looks like because we assume, well, they must look like this. But I heard the other day that comedians are the most depressed people. And comedians make you laugh. And comedians are the most depressed people. Sorry. It's actually very true because I have a good friend of mine who had this conversation with me yesterday. He is actually a comedian. Yeah. He also works for me. But when he first started out doing stand-up, he got very anxious, very depressed. He was on all kinds of medication and everything like that. He turned to other alternatives. But he said being being a comedian, you're, you're scared shitless all the time. You're anxious. You're you're freaking out, you're like, okay, are they going to boo, are they going to like it, are they going to laugh, or, you know, are they actually going to show up, they're always anxious. That's, 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 I can't imagine being in that situation all the time, but we do it in, like, small things, you know, uh, any of you being in education, have you yourself had those sort of moments where you kind of get anxious and wonder, are people going to like my class today, <laughs> um, are my students going to curse me out, like, okay. <laughs> but you laugh about it, which is good. I'm glad. Laugh and cry. Laugh and cry. Yeah, one of the two. It's one of the two. It's, 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 Start uh, laughing. It's a tough, it's a tough deal. It's a tough deal. Um, Can I yes, ask please, though, when please you, go ahead. When you're asking how, uh, what a person with mental illness might look like, of course, it can be anybody. It can look like anybody. But when you know somebody there is a look and it's really sad and there's no light eyes are black, 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 black and it's heartbreaking yeah. it's really heartbreaking it's a real, real thing yeah. you just see that light go out of the person and then when the medication kicks in and it starts to you can start to come up out of the out of the out of the valley, and you see that light come back when you talk about a person's life. It's amazing to be able to see it like that. It's really scary, but it's also amazing. Um, can you see me? I just want to uh, mention uh, four people. It's not everybody that medication is their thing. Mm -hmm. So, like, some people it works wonders, and for example, for me, it's actually part of my orthorexic, I can't be sick, I'm obsessed about being healthy. I feel like having pills for me is just, I, I freak out. Like, it, it, it causes me anxiety. So, for other people's, for other people, sorry, that's real. Okay. But for other people, um, I think we just need to find our thing. Like, we need to find our thing that makes us okay. And for people that are on pills, I have a ton of friends being through therapy and stuff that it works amazing and it saved their lives. But I feel like there's just a little part of me from the hospital, the nursing part of me that wants to say, like there is a period if you when you start pills, like you need there is a period of like four to six, sometimes eight weeks, that it could actually increase the depression, the the suicidal thoughts. Really? So just to put it out there, okay. it's oh actually God. normal, but wow. it's just so your physician your physician knows all this for sure, for sure. and is gonna follow up. But it's just if you're somebody that's starting on medication and you feel like all of a sudden you have more suicidal thoughts or you are not feeling, it's okay to tell your doctor. Like, he could change molecules. He could diminish the dose. Like, there's always something to do. But, yeah, I just want to put it out there that it is not that uncommon that the, like, four to even sometimes eight weeks that it takes a time for that light to come back because you could go actually a little deeper. So I just wanted to... Oh, put, that, put that out there. That's good to know. Felicia, I'm assuming you can back that up because uh, I can <laughs> Well, like two things are coming to mind. So one, with my brother, he went to a clinic. He got some uh, pills. They thought he was um, bipolar. And he tried the pills, and he, he didn't like the way they made him feel. So he never stayed on them. 
my mother's sister, there's a lot of mental health in our family. Um, so my, my aunt was lived, she, she was functional, she lived pretty well on bipolar medication her whole entire life. She had her ups and downs. Um, so just in, in terms of meds, like I'm just thinking she, she survived on bipolar medications. It was, you know, but um, there was episodes along the way. But I have a client right now. This was, uh, this was a first for me. Um, an 83-year-old. Um, I go in to adapt her bathroom because that's what we do. We put equipment in the bathroom. She's in, full, she's in a crisis. And I, and I, I, I was telling you this week. Yeah. And I, and I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Like she's sobbing, she's weeping, she's crying, she's obsessing, and it's like I, I it was the, my first time in my 40-year career <laughs> of being an OT that I, that I, 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 I didn't know really how to do. I, I never really worked in mental health per se. I worked in physical medicine. Anyway, I sat, I listened, I got to the, her underlying problem. She was worried that she upset her sister and that her sister was gonna put her in a hospital. Because she called the sister too many times because that's what she does. She, she obsesses and she calls and then she'll call again and she can't get through so she leaves messages and then the line's blocked and then she's worried that the sister's gonna hospitalize her. So I got to her, her the root. But I said, I said, and then she wouldn't let me leave. And I, I, I needed to go on another visit. Anyway, I, I couldn't believe the crisis that this poor lady was in. They were supposed to change her pills. They were supposed to come from the, uh, the hospital. Mm-hmm. And they were supposed to adjust her pills. But she didn't know. And she wouldn't let me call them. Okay. She was petrified I was going to call 911. Like, she was just so upset. And it was, it was hard. Yes. F- fearful. Yeah. It was heartbreaking. And I was there again today, and she's, anyway, I, I, I was there with other people, with a sister and with a social worker today. And uh, the same scenario, like so distressed and can't move on a thought. I, I've never actually seen this. Fixated. It's, it's, it's very difficult. It's, it's tough. So when, so to put the question out there, because I mean, all of us maybe at some point have met personal person in our lives that has had to do with mental illness uh, in some capacity. How tiring is it to have to work with a person? Oh my goodness. Uh, Because I can imagine like they are like exhausted. The person helping them must be more exhausted with that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say like I (laughs) thank God for my mother because my daughter. Um, it's my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't for her, like, she was my support system. Like, she's the only one that understood everything. She's the only one that was, like, there. That, like, actually was, like, I don't know. Like, never got mad at me. Never, like, she just helped. Right? My, 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 I love my dad. But he didn't understand. He, he didn't understand. He, it, it, it was, it was, I hated doing homework with him because he'd get angry at me because I didn't understand it the way he understood it. And like my mom would hit every school meeting when I didn't do my homework or when I got called to the principal's office or I failed a test or I did this or I did this and it was my mom. And like she was the one that that was there. So I could only imagine, now I can appreciate that I went for help so I could learn how to help her. Because I was fighting with my husband, because he thought she was lazy, and he thought she she just I didn't just, care. But like I, a, I had such bad anxiety in school because my brother was here and my sister followed in his footsteps, and I was different. I learned how old, differently. How old were you when you? This was well. So it started. It started elementary. Elementary, grade three, and it got yeah, and, and it got worse. Four. It got worse in high school, and when I was in grade. Nine, eight or nine, I had my first ever full-blown anxiety attack. <laughs> and that's when it really um, set in of, wow, okay, this is, this is real. What did, it, what did it feel like? Oh. So I'm so driving. I, was, okay, it was, go, I, go. I, could, I remember saying like it was yesterday. It was the scariest day of my life. We had a, I had a meeting at school. It was fine. It was just to go over things, to get everyone back on track. The meeting was fine. I'm in a carpool, my mom is driving me around to carry, and all of a sudden my feet were starting to go numb. And I was like, okay, that's weird. And it was going up my legs. And then all of a sudden, we're watching my hands, they, they, 
they, they distorted. Like rigor mortis. I totally... Yeah, they went in all weird... They, I had zero control oh. over my body. Zero. You were watching my hands just totally morph into this, like, T-Rex. Like, and we... I didn't know what it was. I've always had anxiety in terms of anxious for tests, and, and but this was... My body was reacting, and we were on to carry, and remember, like, we pulled out. We went to the Jewish. We went to the Jewish. We went to the Jewish. We pulled into the emergency room department. We were like, I couldn't walk because I couldn't feel the floor because my feet were numb. So I was like walking like, imagine you're trying to walk on clouds. Like you don't know where the bottom is. We went over to, there was an ambulance there. I said, my daughter's having this like weird thing. I, he put her in an ambulance. They had to take her to the children because like, she was like but underage. The hyperventil, like that's, that's what people think. It's like, oh, you, 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 you're breathing heavy and you're hyperventilating. It's like a small little fraction of it, but your body just totally loses all control of itself. Totally. And from that moment, I had to sort of figure out how to, how to cope with it. Yeah. Cool. What's that? I was going to say, to me, it's so shocking how common it is these days. Like, people who have panic attacks, anxiety attacks, like... I'm like, and and actually, it, today was for the first time I, I kind of like, because I was explaining to you before, like I'm kind of logical, like I don't, like I don't understand, right? Because I never had one. And then I was reading an article today and I was talking about stress and how stress affects our bodies. And it had this like diagram, and all, and and then it said, like for example, we know our bodies have like fight or flight responses mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. and when that um, whatever those hormones are those hormones that get released that really m- make you like um, ready for action like mm-hmm. kind of prime for action like and and how the stress the yeah. stress that we are living in the stress that's mm-hmm. on everybody who we all react to it differently can make like it explained like for example panic attacks and night attacks like the the because um, when you're doing fight or flight you need air so you have to you breathe faster Mm -hmm. and these hormones make your your lungs work faster and then but when you're under stress it's like your body's in that constant like you're living in that fight or flight like so your muscles are tenser you're like you can like physically hurt yourself because your muscles are not like relaxed like they should be or whatever they're like they're all everything's firing you know including your lungs and you're like and i'm like oh (sighs) yeah Oh, because I'm like, what is a panic attack? I'm like, what is that? I don't know what it is. What is an anxiety attack? I don't, I don't get it. But this like article is like, ah, you know, your your physical body is in it, a state it, it, that you just lose control. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so that uh, article that we were both reading this morning, um, I remember reading an article before, similar to that. I spoke about your body's, our, our stress response. And that every day, imagine running from a tiger and your body is like stressed. We do that every day. Don't even know it. So your, adren- your adrenaline is like this. <laughs> every day, every day, every day. Because of work, because of school, because of... Traffic, traffic, everything. Because of simple things. And cortisol gets released, cortisol gets released, gets released, gets released. And it affects your body, it affects your eating, it affects your thinking, it affects your digestion. So people wonder, why is it I'm gaining weight? Well, if you're stressed out, you're gaining weight. Why? Because your digestion stops. Because your body is designed to have a mechanism so that if you are on the run, it can actually protect itself. But we're protecting ourselves every day. Why? Because we look at our phones and we go, person saying about me today. We go to work and we go, oh man, my boss is probably saying this. We go to school. Oh man, this test I have to do. And there are some things that are good stress and there's things that are like over stress. So stress is not bad for us if it's if it gets to the point where it's useful and then it's it's gone. Whereas we overuse it, overuse it, overuse it. We're just talking about that today. About how you can have too much of a good thing. You can actually get drunk. Drinking too much water. Because your body can get into a state of like, it's not overhydration, there's a word for it. Hyponatremia. Yeah, sorry, I don't know the English word. No, you know, right? Hyponatremia. Ah, see? So, but, and it's crazy because I, I remember my teacher telling me that, I'm like, 
How can you get drunk drinking water? But he said, if you have too, too much of something, your system is overloaded. So imagine stress every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. It's insane. But this is what we live today. It's crazy, guys. I feel... Actually, I feel so comfortable sharing this with you. It's good. I mean, it's weird, which is weird, because I'm so embarrassed at the same time. So remember, we're recording this, right? No, 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 don't worry about it. Okay. So, when we say, like, stresses come from anything, it's ridiculous. Like, I feel like I'm always, even though I'm on medical leave right now, I still feel like I need to be on all the time and be like... Okay, okay, so I have a friend from Quebec. Uh, I'll tell her she could sleep at my house so that way she doesn't pay the hotel. I'm supposed to have my high school Christmas party, but my friends are working right now, so I'll offer it. could be at my house. And then, so I always try to figure out how to... You're a giver. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am. And I always try to figure out these things. It's the same and thing. so... I'm the same. I, I'm the same. I'm the exact same way. <laughs> and so once, like, near Christmas, this was, like, the first week of December... I had a friend coming over, and so my other friend was coming from Quebec two days later, and the Christmas party was three days later, so I was like, I have to put up the Christmas tree. So my Christmas tree in my new house is my grandfather's 65-year-old Christmas tree. Like, he drilled the holes. Like, it's an ugly Christmas tree, okay? But it's sentimental, right? So anyways, so my dad comes over, we're putting up the Christmas tree, and I freak out. And my dad starts seeing it build up. I'm like, it's so ugly. I can't have this. I, do we put, like, the popcorn? It doesn't even go all over the place. Like, are we supposed to put, like, la wat everywhere? Like, does it snowy? It's, my dad started seeing it build up, and he gets, like, you know, Brianna, you were saying you're more rational. Well, I'm very much emotional. Like, I am, like, 98% emotional, which I know I have to work on to get a wise mind kind of mindset. Yeah. But I'm so emotional. My dad, I have to be careful because... He is one of my best friends. He's, like, my top three best friends at 29 years old. <laughs> but he's also very emotional, and he takes it on him. So I try so hard to keep it in and filter. And then, so at a certain point, he was like, I'm going to leave. So all this anxiety, having an eating disorder, I went and I finished a whole Costco pint of egg whites. Cooked, cooked. I didn't drink it. But then I freaked out, and I purged. And I was like, am I throwing up egg whites right now I'm freaking out and then because I just purged I'm so out of my body what's going on so that situation created anxiety because I'm like figure figure it out pause for one second sorry just wait for yeah so anyway so the purging made me anxious that I just lost control again so that created another cycle of Spiral. binge purge. So it's just, and all that to be said, that my friend couldn't come that evening. My friend from Quebec had death in her family. She didn't show up. So all that for a Christmas tree. And I felt so, and just telling you right now, I feel like it's come, like, come on. It's ridiculous. But in that moment, that stressed me so much. So when you were talking about your lady, um, sorry, I, I can't remember her name, but in that, and I, I know we're not allowed to even say her name, <laughs> but in that moment, for her, that must have been so fearful De and so devastating. Devastating, distraught. Yeah. So, but anyways, thank you guys for listening to me. I, mean, oh, I never even said it out loud. But, um, First of all, I appreciate you sharing that. Because like I said, a lot of people are are scared to share things like that, which is great. So the fact that you felt free and comfortable among us to share that, we appreciate that. Thank you. Mic check one, two, and two. You are now in the building with Coach K, and this is the Hustlers Journal podcast, live on Anchor. Okay, so the next steps moving forward from all of this, all these experiences, right? How can we create greater awareness? What are some things that we can do? So having conversations like this are amazing. Because you get to know various backgrounds from everybody, where they come from, what experiences they've had, whether you went in depth about something or whether you didn't, just being able to share something freely to say, hey, you know what, this is what I went through or this is what I know someone's going through, this is how it feels to have a panic attack at eight years old, that's crazy, but, sorry, I don't mean crazy, I meant, <laughs> that's crazy, it's like, wow, yeah. I'm blown away by that, um, choose my words better, but um, just to know that that kind of stuff can affect people at such a young age yeah. is like mm -hmm. scary. Tell them what I call it. 
and so younger not. and younger and you younger. should know. And why is it so any of you being education and Sam being education too, why would you say that this is something that's happened to kids younger and younger mm. for so long? I don't know mm. if I'm the best person. To I don't speak know if I to this, um, I think you can. But you have well I think comes with, I mean, I think it comes with the parents. Yeah. I think it comes from parents, and it, uh, it's it's sad, but it's it's true. Okay. It, it's just their home environment, their lack of um, boundaries. Thank you, boundaries, lack of discipline. They just it's it's from the parents, and these kids are seeing everything and hearing everything yeah. and picking up on. Everything. They are literally sponges. Yeah. They, they, it's, it's unbelievable what these kids pick up at home. A phone conversation, uh, radio. It, there's, it, these kids are literally just absorbing it all, and it affects them. Now, is it because they're in the house too much? They should be outside <laughs> playing it, more? It's possible. We played outside till our hands were black with the basketball. <sighs> We rode our bikes. We rollerbladed. Like we, that's what we did as kids. Kids these days. No, there was no cell phones. No, there's no cell phones. No days. iPads. It was. It was. It was. You had to find your own fun. Rang the park. You round. You <laughs> rang your neighbor's the doorbell we we to like rode go play outside. Now it's here's an iPad to keep you quiet. Here's an iPad to keep you quiet. Yeah. Here's an iPad so you stop crying. Here's an iPad so you stop crying. Well, it's like if, like I'm in the restaurant industry and parents bring iPads. Oh, it's it's, it's like a deck of cards. To dinner. And give it to every child that they have with them so that they are quiet the whole yeah. time. Yeah, and so imagine when you have to take it away. So the parents can have dinner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when you go take the iPad away, it's like yeah. screaming, <laughs> tantrum, and the only way to get them to quiet is, okay, okay, here's the iPad back. Wow. It's very true. Amy, you have something to share. Please I, th- I think that's a, a segue into, we have an obsession, I think, with happiness and not feeling pain and not struggling and not having a hard time and not failing and all of those things are, it's a coin. You know, you have to have the good with the bad. The difficulties and the struggles make you stronger. They help you to develop that resilience that's going to help you get through the tough times. And uh, I think, even though we're trying to protect our children a little bit too much, Do you girls see, um, sorry, like in your, in your field of work, do you guys see a lot of uh, performance anxiety? Whether it's in sports, whether it's in school, where? That's college level. Okay. I'm at pre K level. Uh, <laughs> we see that. It's yeah, for sure more in that age group. Because there's, there's transitional phase as well where they're, they're trying to get into universities. So the pressure is coming from themselves, from their parents. But Sam, like even when you were talking about your, you know, trying to keep up with your brother and sister, mm-hmm. like just that in and itself it was, is a bit of anxi- performance anxiety, right? For sure. Oh, I, I totally, totally, whenever it came to anything performance, if I had a, if I had a, an oral presentation that I had to practice, I knew it at home. Second, I sit in front of the class, like I forgot it. But I was like my own, I was like my own critic, right? Yeah. I didn't think I was good enough. Someone was going to have a better speech presentation than me. Someone were that much harder, like, right? It's this constant, for me, I mean, I've been suffering this for, for years, it's yeah. this constant of trying to keep up with who? Myself. Yeah. And yeah. that's what we figured out for my wedding, is who am I trying to look good for? Yeah. Everybody else or myself? Yeah. Right? It, it was this whole thing of, I, I was trying to be a certain way, look a certain way for this one day in my life, yeah. but like for who? Because I was happy with myself in that moment, right? So I think it's your own, I don't know. But I, w- I w- just want to say one thing on what you were talking about. Um, it's the expectations, uh, the, it's expectations. The, 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 the parents putting the expectations <laughs> on, on the children. I mean, my husband put it on her. I like, I didn't compare my three kids. They were all different. And I, I raised them the same, all, all good kids, they all 
went to, you know, they, they finished school and all that, but like all education, uh, educated, sorry, I can't speak. They all finished university, they all have professions, but when they were young and growing up, I didn't compare them. I didn't say you have to do what your brother did or you have to do what your sister did. Each one I dealt with separately. They were very different children. So I think what you said is right. Like it, it came, I think, from you and then your father. Yeah. I think then your father had, a, had you know, he... Just a different way. It was a different approach. Yeah. It's like, and that's like the understanding thing. If they don't understand, mm -hmm. it's like an excuse, or it's a you're this or you're that. It's like they're making up an excuse for being a certain way. Basics of the Lays, I know you have to go. Lays, thank you so much for contributing to this conversation because me just talking for an hour would have been the most boring, <laughs> boring session. I'd be like, Okay, I'll wrap it up after 20 minutes. Um, but all of you sharing your experiences. Amy, thank you so much. I know you have to go over here. Fiona, please tell us said hello. Thank you. Um, all of you sharing your experiences, I think it's phenomenal. The fact that you're comfortable to, to express that, even when you don't know what it is and you don't understand, to be able to be honest and say, you know, I don't really get it. I'm kind of naive to this whole thing. Like, I'm, I'm trying to understand things. Uh, the more we are aware of something, the more we can search for answers and ask questions and find out what are physical responses to stress and why these people are depressed and why these things continue to surface for, for all of us is always a good thing to do um, and it's contributing to the conversation. So how we can do our part is just being here and listening. Uh, even if you weren't sure what to say, but just to be here and support the conversation is always good uh, because now everyone has a greater connection together because we all understand each other just one just a little bit more, which is awesome. So thank you ladies so much for coming, for being part of the, the conversation. Um, again, additional support resources, you can always look online. Um, there are plenty of resources you can find. Bell has a lot of links that you can look at as well uh, in support of this seven days. So I, we appreciate them uh, allowing us to be part of it as well. So don't be shy to share the hashtag Bell Let's Talk even after the event because more things will always often come up. Um, and if you're getting, if you're going to hashtag something, let it be Boot Camp for Change, which is going to be an annual event or be something else that happens this year as well. So please look out for details on that. Um, if you do have any questions, for um, myself or anyone in regards to um, uh, anything related to mental health, please don't be shy to let me know. Send me the questions and I'll be sure to forward it off to anybody else. And uh, the more we can engage in conversations like this, the better on a regular basis. I think we're going to make sure that we can get this done. So in summary, I thank you ladies for coming. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, this podcast episode will be live through the Anchor app as well as on Spotify, uh, Radio Public, Breaker, Google Podcasts, uh, soon to be on Apple. Hopefully Apple hears this and they decide, all right, fine, we're going to finally let you on our, our platform. Uh, but if not, either way, the more we can spread awareness through conversations like this, the better it will be. And we're looking forward to doing more events like this. It's going to educate you and educate all of us and empower all of us to do better going forward. So it's a Hustle Journal episode. Actually, there's no episode number. It's a special episode that we're doing in support of Bell Let's Talk Day. Thank you again for, some, uh, for being here. Thank you so much for listening. Peace out. We gone.